Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Using Rocket Pro TPO is like managing a team of all-stars. Our powerhouse squad approaches underwriters, complete document reviews, and initial underwrites in just one day. With our industry-leading mortgage insurance and with a wide variety of products to use, your mortgage game will have zero weaknesses, helping you and your clients win more closings against today's tough competition. Rocket Pro TPO compete at the highest level. Call for cost information and conditions, equal housing lender, license in all 50 states, NMLS, consumeraccess.org, number 3030. You're listening to Mortgage Lending Mastery. Get the knowledge you need to advance your mortgage practice quickly and efficiently from Jen Duplessis, America's Mortgage Mastery Mentor with over 37 years of experience and over $1 billion in lifetime fundings. Jen has been mentoring loan officers and realtors for over 15 years and speaking on stages across the globe. So settle in and get ready as Jen and her guests share their experience passion, and strategies to help you crack the top producer code to reach new heights in your business. And now, here's your host, Jen Duplessis, Mortgage Mastery Mentor and Head Chick in Charge of Kinetic Spark Consulting. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to this episode. My guest today is Bernadette Penier. Want to make sure I pronounce her name properly. And she is the owner of Baron Penier Consulting. A little bit of background about her. So welcome to the show, first of all, Bernadette. Happy to have you. Thank you for letting me be here. I'm so excited. I am too. So Bernadette was in the corporate world, hustling in sales, really helping people or the corporation she worked with, you know, to improve their sales and improve their sales organization and also some conversions and lead gen. And a lot of that was done online. And so the reason that I brought her in here is because that's what she does really well. So she coaches people who are looking to really expand their brand in social media. And of course, we hear this quite often in Clubhouse and online. We hear it a lot. So, But what we're going to be talking about specifically today, a little bit about that, but more specifically, we're going to be talking about her transition out of the corporate world into making an impact and being significant for people, which is what this podcast is all about. And cracking through and breaking through glass ceilings that we all experience in our lives, whether they're financial or physical, emotional, whatever the case may be. And for her, her husband was diagnosed with cancer in January of 2020, just last year or two years ago, and how that affected her life and how that has really taken her to where she is now. So again, Bernadette, welcome to our show. Tell us a little bit about your past, the corporate world. For me, you know, I was young in my twenties and I wanted a job that was going to be exciting and fun. And I was offered a sales position early on in my early twenties. And I was 
reasonably good at closing deals. I was comfortable negotiating money. I was comfortable introducing myself to other people and getting out there and finding new clients. So I just decided that was going to be my path for a really, you know, that's just my career. And I decided that's what I was going to do. By the time I was in my thirties, I tease and tell a lot of people that if you've driven in it, if you have floated in it, if you've shopped in it, I've probably sold it because as a salesperson, one of the beauties of being in sales is that you really do get to sell a lot of things and you can move around in your career. And it's not necessarily frowned upon if you move from place to place to place every couple of years. And it was early 2013. I was working for a telecom company And they told me that if I wanted to continue working for them, I needed to move from Orlando, Florida to Atlanta, Georgia. And I was in my mid thirties and I had lived nowhere other than central Florida. Like I was thinking about this the other day, I had lived in the same 30 miles my entire life, except for college. Wow. So I took a leap of faith and thought, okay, well, when else am I not going to be married or in a relationship or not have children? And I can do this and it'll be an exciting adventure. And if it doesn't work out, I can try something else. And I was in Atlanta, not even 90 days. And that telecom company laid me off. Oh my gosh. It was, it was the first time I had ever been laid off as an adult. It was the first time I had had to make some very adult decisions, adulting, happened in those 90 days. And it was overwhelming. And I was very worried. And I called my father and said, I don't know what to do. And he said, well, you have two choices. You either move forward or you move backwards. And I would prefer it if you wouldn't look backwards. So I stayed in Atlanta and made a life. I had no friends. I had no family that lived here. I was only working and I worked in a remote position in telecom from my car before remote learning and remote working was cool. I, (laughs) you know, as telecom salespeople, you worked out of your vehicle, you had your laptop, you had your hotspot and that's what you did. Like I ate lunch under the shade of a tree in a parking lot with the other squirrels. Like that is what I did. So (laughs) that's a great, I just made a life out of it. That's a great name for a book, Eating Lunch with Squirrels (laughs) and all the stories behind that, right? (laughs) How I found my own nuts with squirrels or something. I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's hilarious. That's hilarious. Yeah. So 2020 comes around January, 2020. So you're kind of moving along. You're married now and you've got, you know, your family starting to happen. All those things are happening. And now you get the news. So tell us about what really changed your life? I had started to learn that being a female in sales was very difficult and it was starting to really wear on me. So I had started to think about other options for myself as I was rolling towards my forties and January, 2020 just changed everything. My husband had a headache that just would not shake And we made the decision to go to the doctor. The doctor led us to the ER. The ER got us admitted. And within 24 hours, 36 hours, I think it was, he was having brain surgery. So they had found two very large tumors in his brain and then about five or six smaller ones. And 
they had seen a lot of tumors and lesions all through his body. And they said, well, the two in his brain have to come out because they're causing a lot of trouble. He was having a hard time speaking. There was a lot of pain involved. It was just causing a lot of effects. I just could not wrap my head around the fact that my very healthy racing husband who like ran who still tries, but he used to run 26 races a year between half marathons and marathons and those mud races and things. And this healthy man who has never had a problem in his life had potential cancer in his brain. And in the midst of me being a wife and caring for him and being a support inside that hospital, I was also trying to work. The first thing I asked for to be packed and brought to me to the hospital was my work laptop. And I could not at the time was like, well, I still have to work because I have a job and I have to take care of him. So for the five days he was in the hospital, I was working from my laptop and fielding phone calls of my potential clients and my clients and my, the leadership team that I was working for. And it was chaos. I was working on no sleep. He was having complications and I wasn't doing well with it. I say to a lot of my other female entrepreneurs and my friends, multitasking means that you're doing everything badly. You know, you need to make sure you focus on the one thing in front of you. I wasn't being a good supportive wife at that moment. And I wasn't being a good employee at that moment. I was just trying to manage this crisis By the time he got home, it had really came to my attention that my company that I was working for, the company I was working for, did not really care. He was sick. I was getting more emails and phone calls about the, where are your numbers? Where are your sales? You're not doing your activities. You're not this, you're not that. And I just had a husband that had brain surgery that we now know is stage four cancer. And can you give me a moment? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. No kidding. You know, you and I talked about this when we first met because my husband had just gone through something similar with the brain. You know, you shared some techniques for me (laughs) to work on and that's still an issue. That's for (laughs) sure. As we're recording this for three months into this whole thing, but one of the things that I coach on is priority management, right? Not multitasking, but being present and doing priority management. So you really got jolted into, hey, I got to get my priorities straight because I'm not really liking what I'm doing. I'm feeling like I really have to fight for it. And that's typical for most women in, in a lot of businesses, but I have to really, really fight hard and be the best that I can be every single day and be perfect in order that I'm seen and respected and, and that people see me, right? They see me and they recognize me. And you all of a sudden had to make your priorities, mm-hmm. you know, change. So imagine his recovery was that at, once he got home, you had to be there as well. And so is that what really started the change? I mean, other than the fact that you had a company that was saying, where in the heck are your numbers? You know, why don't you care? And you were thinking, why don't you care? But was it instantly that you said, I'm out? Or was it a little progression that it just got worse and worse and it started making you think about that? Walk us through that thought process there and what that timeline looked like. I would say it was February 15th. And the only reason I know that is because 
February 14th, my husband and I were able to go see Tony Bennett in concert. And he was a little wobbly still, but I wanted to get him out. Mm-hmm. And when we woke up the next morning, I had woken up to a ton of just emails and complaints. And I rolled over and said, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm not taking care of you the way I need to. I'm not taking care of myself the way I need to. And no amount of money is worth this stress. Yeah. And I have made in my career millions and millions and millions of dollars for other people. And at no point with all the awards and all the out of girls, at no point was I really of value to them. I was just a number on a bottom line on a spreadsheet. And I knew in my heart of hearts that I could go out and make millions of dollars for myself, teaching the things that I was really good at. So I just looked at him on February 15th and said, that's it. I'm done. And he said, okay, you go do what you need to do, babe. I trust you. I know that you'll be successful at it. And I know one day we're going to look back at this in a shorter time than you thought. And we're going to have money in the bank and freedom and you'll do fine. I have all the faith in the world. And I said, holy bananas. Like I married such a good man. He didn't even hesitate. Right. (laughs) Right. Thank God. So that's what it was. And it was 30 days from then, not even 30 days. I had two of my own clients by the end of March, I had replaced the income I was making in the corporate world. And by June of that year, I had doubled my income and I cleared 2020, not only doubling the money that I would have made in the corporate world, but almost tripling it. And I was doing something that I loved and I was able to care for him and teach something that I was, that I wanted to teach to clients that I knew appreciated that. And I'm one of the few people that will sit here and tell everyone I was, I'm so grateful for the pandemic. Yeah, I am too. I get it. (laughs) It it gave me an opportunity that I would have never had, had it not been going on. And I was able to become a global salesperson with my own company and global clients because of the pandemic. That might not have been the situation had we were all still in person and doing things and nobody really wanted to get on camera with me overseas. So, yeah. And I think you probably would have done what most people do as entrepreneurs is just kind of work in your general area, go to networking, do those types of things, you know, so obviously the pandemic was good for you. You were able to take care of him. I know one of the things that you really focus on is this, the bridge, right? This bridge and really helping people bridge their businesses or get out of the corporate world if that's what they want to do. And this entire podcast is about that, those types of transitions that people have and, and how they really get to do the things that they want to make an impact, which is why I named the book Impact, right? <laughs> impact and make a significance in the world and leave their mark in the world. So what are you doing now to create that significance for your clients? I call it the bridge to freedom. And it's a piece in my coaching that is a physical chapter in my coaching program, which is the bridge to freedom. And that freedom can be different for everybody. It can be financial freedom. It could be time. It could be so many different things. For me, what I want everyone to know is that while 
there are plenty of people out there that are entrepreneurs and have ideas to sell and widgets to sell and they're creative. Not everyone needs to be an entrepreneur to still have that bridge to freedom. Sometimes it's just managing your life in a better way mm-hmm. and learning the skills to be able to not be so time sucked yeah. and prioritizing those situations. And you and I had talked offline about this and we touched on it a little bit again. I just don't, multitasking is just dangerous. Yeah, it is. Focus on the thing in front of you and then move on to the next task. You will be quicker at it. You'll be more efficient. You'll be better at it. And those tasks will become better because of those things. Because I've gone back and looked at moments where I'm texting and emailing at the same time and both of them look crazy. So (laughs) I just stopped and sent the email and then responded to the text. It would have looked better. I mean, you get more done because, you know, people say all the time, you know, how do you get so many things done, Jen? And, you know, it is the priority management, that single tasking that's so important for people. So in your coaching, who was your mentor? I mean, who are you surrounded with? that helped you through this process? Because I think a lot of people think, well, you know, especially we're we're still sort of in the pandemic, people are still, you know, working from home. There's still those types of things going on. Who did you surround yourself with so that you didn't feel so isolated? Because here you are, you know, taking care of your husband. No one can really come by your house, even if they're not sick. You know, there's a concern for your husband's health because he's got an underlying condition. And so here you are just all by yourselves and you're trying to work on your business, take care of him. Who did you surround yourself with to help you stay motivated and mentored and figure out how to put things together? I am very lucky in my world that not only do I have strong related, blood related females in my life, but that I have acquired just strong, supportive women over these last few years. My number one support, 100% was my mom. Even though my parents could not cross a state line and come care for us and help us and be there, my mother was always there. Mm -hmm. And that was so important for me because as a wife, I needed another wife to talk to that had gone through cancer. My father had cancer and survived and I needed that. I needed to talk things out Mm -hmm. with her. But I was also very lucky. I have supportive women here in Atlanta. Our neighborhood rallied around us like I've never seen before. I know all of my neighbors now. They would drop off pizza and wine and fruit. And they've shown up for birthdays and anniversaries and big moments for us and like sat out in the front yard and, you know, stayed 25 feet away, but wanted to make sure that we knew they were there for us. And I have mentors in my life, female mentors in my life that have been there for me prior to this moment. And then just really, really dug in deep during this moment of mine. And it was very helpful to have other women around because just going through this process as a young wife is very lonely. You know, when we walk into a room, we are usually the youngest couple in it when it comes to the type of cancer he has. Yeah. So there isn't a lot of bonding that can happen with somebody who's 25 or 35 years older than you because they don't have the life we have. I had only been married four years. 
we had not started a family. So we were really new in this situation. We were still mm-hmm. working out our marriage right? <laughs> when right. he got sick. And I was lucky. And I tell people that it would have been hard to go through that time without the pandemic. The only difference would have been is that we would have had people that were allowed to be in the house, be around us, help me with transport, things like that. You're right. I was in a situation where it didn't matter. You couldn't touch us. You couldn't help us. You couldn't come into the home. He couldn't be left alone. So I was always here. While I'm so grateful because we had all this time, it was a very isolating, very lonely situation. And on top of all of that, as humans, we need touch. Yeah. So in your, in my moments of crisis, when I'm crying, like big girls do in the shower, (laughs) (laughs) at one point was almost six months when I realized no one other than my husband had hugged me. And that's huge. So you surrounded yourself with some mentors and had, you know, could reach out to them from a business perspective, not only just the personal side, but a business perspective to help guide you, you know, and Hey, I want to make this happen. Where did you find the strength for yourself? I don't know. (laughs) I really don't. I just kept, I just doing going. Yeah. Yeah. I, I silo, I don't recommend it, but I do. I silo. I said this to a friend the other night because she was like, well, what do you mean you silo? And I said, well, my rice, my barley and my corn do not intermingle. They still might make bourbon at the end of the day, but like they don't commingle the things. So when I was in my care for my husband's silo, that's all I was focused on. And then when I was focusing on business, that's all I was focusing on. And when I was focusing on fun, that was all I was focusing on. And I really tried not to let them commingle. Yeah. And I did everything I could to make memories. We traveled probably more in the pandemic than we did the year prior to. Now, we never left the Southeast. I never traveled more than six hours away from the house. But I would rent us places for two, three weeks at a time, and we would go to the beach or go to the mountains or do something else because I could still work as long as I had power and Wi-Fi. Right. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And if he was in between radiation treatments or chemo treatments, I would pack us up and we would go. There's always a silver lining in a lot of things that we experience. So you help your clients do the same thing, or do you help your clients who have already made the transition saying, how do I make money online to ensure that I have, you know, income coming in, right? And this could be a side hustle for someone as well, right? hundred percent. I have different types of clients. I have my sole entrepreneurs that need to learn how to sell online. Mm -hmm. It's new to them. You know, maybe they opened up a LinkedIn or an Instagram account and then they just never did anything with it. They know that there are clients out there. They just don't know how to go do that. So I have clients that I teach just the basics of online social media selling, content creation, branding yourself, keeping the conversation going, becoming a subject matter expert in your industry and funneling those appropriate clients back into your social media and driving them to a call to action. So whether that's a sales funnel or a link, or a booking link, whatever that might be. 
I then have my micro business owners that maybe they now have a team underneath them. Maybe that's only one person. Maybe it's five that are trying to navigate the process of offloading their work to someone now that they've hired, Yeah, which can be very overwhelming and very scary for entrepreneurs. Yes. Because this is your baby. (laughs) Although you became an entrepreneur, so you didn't have to work so hard. It's it's just, it's Um, always funny that I hear that. It's like, wait a minute, didn't you become an entrepreneur to be, have that freedom and not work so hard. And yet you're working more than you did when you had your J-O-B. It's true. You're just over broke. Yeah. Somebody said that to me, they were like, the definition of entrepreneurs in the dictionary is somebody who quit their 40 hour week job to work 80. That's exactly it. Yeah. So they're making that transition, you know, trying to get people to do other things. So you're teaching their teams and, or, you know, interjecting and helping them, you know, be able to do that part of their business to keep them out there, that exposure out there. And a lot of it is about coming up with a process, you know, almost like a playbook in some way so that they can onboard their people very effectively, very quickly so that they can go out there and sell and hustle and do what they need to do. As an owner of a company, you can do that. You can be an owner. Yeah. And most of those conversations are just me coming up with a process and implementing that process for them and showing them how to just continue, right? We're just yeah. going to, con- we're just going to continue this process over and over and over and over again. And then the third piece of my business is going into those enterprise clients where those people that are making 2 million, 3 million, $4 million or more, they now have teams of like five or 10 of just sales teams, but they still need to make sure that their sales team members are being onboarded and having continual training. Maybe there's software that they've implemented now and they don't know how to train on that software. So they need someone to come in that has that software background to be able to explain and train ongoing sales team members as they're building those teams out. And all three of those at the bottom line are the same thing, right? Yeah. Yeah, Get your processes in place, Mm -hmm. continue your training constantly and growth will happen. That's really what it comes down to. I teach people lead generation process and revenue. Yeah. That's beautiful. It's just, and it's not easy. You need it to survive. If you're not making sales calls and you're not closing sales on those calls, you're never going to make money. Yeah. Yeah. I know. And I think a lot of people get really involved in, you know, what sales manager of mine years ago, because I mean, I spent 38 years in sales. So sales manager of mine, you know, said to all of us one time, way, way, way back, it's like, don't focus on the ant with the magnifying glass as the big semi comes by you, you know, focusing on the wrong things you know, instead of the little things. So, all right. So the last question I want to ask you, and it's not, probably not the last, but close to the last question that I want to ask you is, you know, tell us about your life now. So that's a little bit about what you do in your business, but really I want to get back to what have you realized in this process that was already sitting there fermenting and probably would have happened, but not in the way that it did. What have you realized about that? And what does your life feel like now? I realized that I am stronger than I ever gave myself credit for. I also realized that it turns out that I am capable 
of not only loving someone else, but loving myself. And then even more, what I learned over these last 18 months now is that it's okay to ask for help. And it's actually a a sign of strength, Mm -hmm. being able to actually ask for help. I need this. Can you please help me? Yeah. Was very scary because I came from a corporate world where asking for help was definitely a sign of weakness. Yeah. Yeah. And I've learned that's not weak. That is so strong. It is so strong to ask for help. And it's so needed because no one knows everything and no one has everything that they need. And it doesn't matter if you're asking help could be so many things. Help could be, can someone please mow my yard? I can't get to it this week to can someone please teach me this thing? Cause I don't know how to do this, but I need to learn it. Right. That's really what's come out of this for me. And as I've written one book that's coming out shortly, and I'm in the process of writing another one that'll be out in the beginning of the year, that's really what I want other women to understand is you do have the ability to be as strong as you need to be and the moments that you need to be them, but that please ask for help because Mm -hmm. if you aren't asking, failure is just around the corner. You just need to know that asking, asking is so much more powerful than you think it is. Yeah. Well, and I think asking too, you know, helps you get to where you want to go faster. So that's part of it, you know, too. So tell us about the name of your book that is just coming out or when is it coming out? First of all, it'll be out in the fall of 2021 and it's called Manifesting Queen. And it's a collaborative book that I'm part of that I'm very, very excited about. My piece of the book is about how I manifested this, the last, well, the first 12 months of my career Mm -hmm. and what's that come out, what that outcome has been for us and the life that I am able to lead now because of it. Yeah. I love the name of it. Yeah. So it's a bunch of, uh, not a bunch, just several women. That's a horrible word. Several women (laughs) that have come together and saying how they have manifested certain things in their lives that they were seeking. That's wonderful. Later in the year, you're going to be coming out with something that will be your own book. That's your story about what's happened in your life and how you've turned that around as well. That one's a real piece for me. It will be a shorter story, but it is more personal. Mm -hmm. And the title that I'm playing with (laughs) is His Journey, My Story, How a Cancer Diagnosis, a Pandemic, and Becoming My Own CEO Made Me a Better Wife. Oh, wow. Beautiful. And at the end of all of this, I am a better wife to my husband now than I was 18 months ago. Yeah. Well, because you have your light shining on the proper thing, the priority, right? And it's so common for solopreneurs, business owners, entrepreneurs, you know, to shine their light on their business and not on their family. And, you know, that's what my entire coaching program is about, is all about that. So I totally get that concept, you know, that it's sad that it takes something so dramatic for people to say that, because that's the message that I've been, you know, getting out into the world is, 
don't wait for that to happen because I had it happen to me. And it wasn't until it happened that I said, oh, wait, that's what I'm supposed to be doing. Same thing with you. And so hopefully our messages will get out to more and more people so that they don't have to come to, you know, and of course yours was more external. You didn't have control over it. I had total control over my situation. (laughs) If the cancer didn't happen with your husband, you would have come to that conclusion, probably not as quickly as you did. And look how much you would have left on the table, you know, from a personal perspective, as well as a monetary perspective as well. So that's a beautiful story. Thank you. I love the name of the book. It's long, but it's a good name of the book. I love, love, love that because it's true. It's exactly what's happened to you. So, so let me ask you this question as we leave today, is there a mantra or a quote or a poem that drives your life? Yes, actually. And if the camera was facing the other way, you'd be able to see my other wall because it's in front of me. It's called luck is not a business player. <laughs> That's, right. That's good. That's true. So, you know, if you're listening into this podcast today, just remember that luck is not a business plan, you know, that you have to really manifest it right through hard work, not yoga. It is a lot Manifesting of work. Manifesting is not a white candle Right. woo-wooing yourself every morning right. in, the, in the mirror. Right. Manifest, manifestation is hard work. Yeah, it is. But it also includes some of the woo-woo, which is having a positive outlook, really believing in yourself. There's a lot of little pieces to it, but it definitely is hard work. You can't just sit in a room and hope for everything to happen. So I love that. Luck is not a business plan. We'll remember that. And we want to say thank you so much for joining us today. Last question for you is if someone wants to reach out to you, what is the best way for them to contact you? The best place is to find me online. I'm on Instagram, LinkedIn, and Facebook. It's Bernadette Barone Panier. It's Bernadette Panier. .co on Instagram. The rest of it's my name. I'm not hiding. You can find me anywhere on social media. (laughs) Okay. Good. Well, we'll make sure we have some of those links here in the show notes so that people can reach out to you directly. And again, I want to say thank you so much for being on our show. And we just wish all the best for your husband and his continued recovery, the best for you in your business as you continue to grow and learn all about you and yourself in this journey that you're on. So thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. All right, everyone. Thank you again for joining us today on this episode. And we hope that you have enjoyed this. Please take a few minutes to give us a great five-star rating and make some comments down there. Write a review on what you heard from Bernadette or what you've been gaining from this podcast so that we can continue to get your feedback and learn about what you're looking to find on these shows. And we will talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to Mortgage Lending Mastery. Be sure to subscribe to hear more sales tips, ideas, strategies, and tactics to help you with your personal and professional growth to multiply your results in record time. And if you like what we're doing, don't forget to give us a rating and review so we can continue to bring you the best content possible. Wanting more beyond the podcast? Join our Mortgage Lending Mastery membership community where you will find extended interviews with our favorite guests, weekly training, tips, and insider secrets fireside chats with Jen, free content, meet, share, and collaborate with other members, and so much more. Click the link in the show notes to learn more about this exclusive content. Mortgage Lending Mastery is an industry syndicate charter podcast. Industry Syndicate is the first podcast network specifically for the mortgage and real estate industries. Get the Industry Syndicate app in the App Store or Google Play today.